What up, what up? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals Podcast. It's your guy, Emmanuel. Yo, it's a uh, it's a holiday version of what we do here at Socks and Sandals. Man, the last two weeks of the year, I'm going to play two of my favorite episodes that I've done. So, um, we're going to go back to episodes 34 and 35. Diaspora Disconnect. So, that's basically a two-part conversation with my guy, Shingy, and I. And we talked about just the differences and just the disconnect that we do have um, in America between uh, Africans, you know, that immigrate to America or maybe first generation Africans and though the African-Americans or black Americans that have been here, you know, via the transatlantic slave trade. So just the cultural differences and, and all that, just the stuff that we we would always think but never really say. And this actually happened, you know, five or six months before black panther came out and then the, the black panther movie even heightened that conversation even more highlighted it even more um but this was a really dope conversation that we had so uh yeah what is it today that i'm that i'm recording this is the 19th so i'll probably put that put this out today or tomorrow um and the next one i'll put out probably just drop it either christmas day which nobody's gonna be listening on christmas day so uh i'll drop it on the 26th uh, part two of this so appreciate y'all for listening tuning in hope y'all have a great holiday season and uh grace and peace hit me up on twitter at sx sndls uh on instagram at sx sndls all right peace Oh, what a faux pas, unmasked, unabashed, unashamed uh, Hit a voice of the unacclaimed, yeah Hit a voice of the unacclaimed, maybe that's a taboo Maybe it's a fad, but maybe just a fact that was what up, everybody? I want to welcome y'all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your boy, Emmanuel Williams. We back in the building. We back in the kitchen. We whipping it up. Uh, I got my boy, Shingy, with me. Say what's up to the people, bruh. What's up, people? Peace. Yes, sir. So, we're back at it, man. Just a few quick announcements. I want to appreciate everybody that's been listening, that's been tuning in, all the new subscribers. Welcome once again. Welcome back. Um, if you're on iTunes, I appreciate you. And if you can leave a comment, rate five stars, all of that helps for visibility. So I appreciate y'all for doing that. And those who have already done it, appreciate y'all. Uh, if you're on SoundCloud, you're on Stitcher, however you're listening, I want to welcome y'all back once again. So, um, man, it's Shingy, bro. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, bro. Thank you for having me back on the podcast, man. I'm so excited to be back and, uh, be involved in what you're doing. Yeah, and, man. And, uh, just uh, help to be part of dialogue that uh, hopefully gets people thinking. Yeah, man. I mean, bro, I, I can't stress enough. Like your two episodes, and if y'all been rocking with us since day one, you know episodes six and seven. You know the African spirituality joints, man. You came out here and blessed us with some knowledge, bro. Like yeah, real it was talk. A it was, it was and I will cool. say, like ever since I've heard that. Um, you know, I, I listen back to it and it's just like, it's opened my mind to just different possibilities as far as like spirituality is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, how I interpret things that I read in the Bible and just other things that I, you know, come across. Mm-hmm. It helps out a lot, bro. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. So what's been going on with you lately, man? It's been, it's, this is like 20 something episodes later. So yeah, what's, what's been, been going on with you? You know, um, I'm a parent of uh, three energetic boys <laughs> and uh, work working full time. So just been busy doing that and trying to find um, 
time in there for creativity and and um, so yeah an opportunity like this to be back on the podcast is is a blessing yeah so yeah yeah appreciate a lot you, of the bro. same stuff going on yeah that's what's up man well, I seen you post something on Facebook, and we was chatting a little bit about it, man. But uh, it's uh, Zimbabwe Independence Day, right? Well, it <laughs> well, what's actually happening is that um, there is uh, a lot of unrest going on in the country right now, okay? Because um, uh, the country has um, uh, we've been uh, we've had the same president since 1980. Mm-hmm. President Robert Mugabe, uh, who uh, is, uh, uh, I don't know, you want to say controversial figure these days, but somebody who led the, was one of the leaders of a struggle that the country fought against the British okay. to gain independence from the country. Mm-hmm. And what has happened now is that uh, after all these years, 30-something years, um, the government has allowed the country to to degenerate Mm. to a place where there's no jobs um, uh, so unemployment um, you know just economic collapse Uh, you know it's it's, things are always complicated and layered but there's a lot of uh, evidence of mismanagement of the economy mismanagement of, of money so my my post there was because um, the military decided to step in uh, last night mm. and actually take control of the government, take control of the country. So it's it's a coup, basically. Mm. So the military decided to take over and uh, have surrounded the president and uh, wow. they are forcing him to step down. But it's not over yet. Uh, so, so it hasn't even been 24 hours? It barely. This all... Wow. Uh, this time... This time yesterday, it was being the, the the military, the army guys went. They took over the, the TV station, mm-hmm. and they went in front of the cameras and said, "Hey, we're here. We're wow. taking over." That's crazy. So uh, there's still a lot of things that have to be worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but a lot of us are excited of for a change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is something that you're not necessarily like. You don't want it to happen. Like you kind of. You think that this is for the better, the coup? I think this is for the better. Yeah. This is for the better. This mm-hmm. is for the better for a few, for the future of the of the country. For there to be a different, just new blood in, in leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when was the last time you know you went back home? I was in Zimbabwe last July. Mm-hmm. I went out there last July. Yeah. Uh, for three weeks, um, went there by myself and got to tour around the country and visit uh, my mom's siblings my dad's siblings uh, friends mm-hmm. uh, my in-laws so it was uh, it was good though you know life is uh, life is difficult there like I was saying there's a lot of economic issues yeah uh, a lot of people young people don't have jobs and opportunities to you know provide for their families or stuff like that so um, it was a bittersweet trip to be there mm-hmm. on one level it was uh really great to actually experience the experience of I always laugh about this but this is kind of how I imagine that white people feel (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) excuse me so this is when they walk around because it's like when I'm there it's like 
we are the people. Yeah. Like, we own everything. This is it. So the police look like me. The yep. news people look like me. Everyone looks like me. Yeah. And so you don't go anywhere, operate, any, do anything, yeah. go anywhere, ever. Like, the idea of police entering your mind mm-hmm. and that being an issue, that's not even an issue. It's, like, not a thing that is part of your consciousness. That's funny that you say so that. So it was crazy just to be, like, like, this is, like, I'm here. This is like I could do. I'm not saying I can do whatever I want, but it's just like this is not a factor. It's just a level of comfort, fr- comfort yeah. and freedom yeah. that you don't have. Yeah. So here in in America, no. especially in Oregon. No, unfortunately, so it, it, it you know. Uh, so, um, so it was bittersweet, you mm-hmm. know. Then there's issues with like you know, electricity supply. Sometimes, sometimes the water doesn't come out the tap. Mm-hmm. You know, things you just take for granted when you're here. Yeah. Just work that they don't work that well yeah and it just varies from state from city to city Mm -hmm. uh so you know um there's pluses and minuses for sure yeah all all around yeah Mm -hmm. that reminds me like when you said that it made me think about like my freshman year in college so i went to texas southern in houston so hbcu and uh you know coming from portland oregon it was my first time it was culture shock for me which shouldn't it shouldn't be that way, but it was mm-hmm. like going to a school, ten to twelve thousand people, wow, all black. So like my first day there, ten thousand, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, and one school like, so when my my first day of class, what, or first day of school, like, I don't even know if I went to class the first day. I just sat on the student center steps and just watched, and I just watched, and I was amazed. I'm like, they they keep coming. <laughs> It was like this is amazing. Like I've never been immersed in my own culture in my whole life. I'm 18 years old, and I'm and not to say that Portland didn't have that, but like you knew everybody. Like I didn't know anybody, and there were thousands of people that I did not know. And it was just mind blowing. I want to go see that. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful, and and the school is in you know the hood or whatever. Is the projects is literally like a couple blocks away. But you don't it's not like what you see on TV and it's not like it's violence. And it's like kind of, you just know where not to go. Right. Don't go down Alabama street after seven o'clock, you know, just like certain things. Yeah. Everybody knows if you'd be smart, then you're not going to get in trouble. Um, but I remember like, you know, everywhere you go, you go to the bank. Um, I had bank of America. I'll go to the bank number. Like I go to grocery store, H E B. I'm like, I go, you know, just anywhere. Mm-hmm. Go to the restaurant, go to Papa Do's, all your servers black. You know, um, go to the airport, everybody's black. And I and I didn't re- like I didn't realize that I didn't think about racism until I came home for Christmas break. I was like, oh shoot, there's white people. I was like, I didn't even see a white person wow. for like three months. Wow. Now I might have, but I didn't recognize it because they just got lost in the sea of blackness. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's just like, man, like that feeling of comfort. And it's and it's tough, even though I live here. I'm back in Portland. I'm born and raised here. Yeah, it doesn't feel as familiar and as comfortable as the South. I'm long gonna go back to the South, so yeah. Hopefully, that's coming sooner rather than later. But I got to get back. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? You I know? feel you on that. And um, yeah, I mean that. And uh, not to not Portland by the by the way, but what I'm yeah, saying, no, Portland's a great city. It's a great it's a great place to be. It's a great place. To, uh, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, this is the you reality. can't you it's can't duplicate everything. Yeah, yeah, some it's things just, can't be duplicated. So it's just the reality. Yeah. So let's let's backtrack. Everybody doesn't know you, so mm-hmm. tell you about yourself, where you from, how you came here mm-hmm. to to Oregon, all that stuff. 
So, uh, basically, I am I'm African American. Okay, African American. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents uh, immigrated to the United States in mid seventies. Okay, to get the college educations. Mm-hmm. They're part of like one of the first waves of uh, Zimbabweans who got an opportunity to come here, get their education. So they got their education, mm-hmm. and then. Um, uh, my dad actually went to college to the University of Idaho, okay, um, which is in Moscow, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was born there in 1978. My sister was born a few years later. And then when I was about two and a half or three, and my sister was about one, we moved back to Zimbabwe after my parents finished school. Mm. So I'm a U.S. citizen by birth, moved back to Zimbabwe, went preschool all the way through high school, Till I was 17 uh, in Zimbabwe. Then moved back here. The idea being I was going to come back and get my degree, get my education, and then go back. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, the country went through um, economic collapse. Yeah. Um, my, my father passed away as well mm-hmm. during that time, 2002. And by that time, it was sort of like my mom moved here and the idea of going back home was sort of mixed at that point. Yeah. There's no jobs, no opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I stayed here. So I've been in the States for 20, since 1996. So 20, what is it, 2017. So yeah, 21 years. Okay. So I've actually lived here longer than I lived. I think I'm at like half and half if you include the time that I was born right. here. Actually, I've lived here, been here more than I've been in, in Africa, but I did uh, have all my uh, formative uh, days there yeah. um, in Zimbabwe, and so in that time I lived in Seattle for a while, and I lived in Los Angeles for some time. Then four years ago, I moved up to Portland with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm married to uh, uh, my wife, who's from Zimbabwe as well, Angela. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so did she grow up there? She grew up there. Okay, she grew up there. She was born there. She grew up there, and then moved out here. I think when she was 17 as well. So where'd you guys meet? We met in Seattle. Okay. We met in Seattle, Washington. There's, we both have a lot of family there. Mm-hmm. So there's not that many of us there, so we kind of know each other. Right. Community's small. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we met through mutual, through my sister, actually. That's dope. Yep. When I went to Seattle and found you a girl from home. Yep. Yeah. Lucky man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So, uh, so today, you know, we're going to kind of get into a topic that, as black people, as Africans, as African Americans, yeah. everybody knows that they talk about this amongst each other. Yes. But between each other, the two different groups, it's not that common. No. I I've never I've never even had it, to be honest. No. Um, so it's basically the disconnect between Africans and African Americans. Absolutely. Uh, it's so broad, like as far as where we can go with this. Yeah. It's kind of hard to start. But I'll start with this. Yeah. Me growing up, you know, I had my own I came to my own conclusion and it's not like some unique conclusion, mm-hmm. but when I think about it, I think about well, Africans, they not us. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to go through what we went through. Mm-hmm. So they don't identify with us. And I don't identify with them, mm-hmm. you know, and so and then also you have that you have this animosity or resentment because 
some people think, and I was one of those people that thought, well, they the ones that let us go into slavery, yeah, and they didn't come get us, yeah. So f them, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. All, all things that, that I can say make sense. Yeah. So yeah. And, and that's not the right way of thinking, but when you're like 16 and you're drawing your own conclusions because no one is teaching you about anything, right? You just you know about slavery and that's all right. you know, right? When it comes to Black History Month, you talk they talk about slavery, yeah, up to barely getting your freedom, you know, 40 years ago in, yeah. in the 60s or 70s, whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so all we all we know is oppression, and all we know is they never came for us. Yeah, yeah. So when you hear that, what what kind of triggers in your mind? You know. Well, I mean, I guess all I can all I can come go from is from my experiences. Yeah. And I gotta preface this and say, coming up in Zimbabwe, um, you know, all we had to rely on was the television. Mm-hmm. Which is what, which was all that I had to sort of base my opinion or base my whatever ideas I had about Black American, African American people or culture. Yeah, and um, you know, there's African American culture, music, um, uh, speech. Mm-hmm. It's, I'd say it's the most influential in the world. Yeah. Right? So, coming from Zimbabwe, I came, by the time I showed up, listening to Snoop, mm-hmm. Dre, <laughs> NWA. Yeah. That was my, that was my, you know, that was what I knew and I, I really, I wanted to be that. Right. Yeah. I really admired that and I, that was like, wow, you know. I really want, I really want to, that's cool. Yeah. You know, the, the lingo, everything. I was like, man, I just want to be that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, move here, moved to Seattle, which is a, was a bit of a, a buzzkill, a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> Getting off a plane. He's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. Getting off an airplane from, from, you know, from Zimbabwe, showing up in Seattle. It's like, wait a minute, like, Where's Brooklyn? Like, <laughs> where's Brooklyn? You know, where where's Brooklyn Oakland? Where you know, Brooklyn? like where? And I'm just like, you know. So it was a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, I remember the first time that I was invited to a house party by a brother I knew at school. And it was just like I got to the party and people were just in the basement smoking. I don't know what they were smoking. I was smoking like a <laughs> they smoked bong or whatever. Right. It's just like. Where was the? I was thinking of like the video, like the <laughs> what's that video, the Snoop video. Uh, we had the champagne bottles in the fridge. What was that song? Um, he was just like, "Where's?" I, the, I was like, "Yeah, where's the?" Anyway, like, this, this ain't like, no real party. This ain't no, you know. This ain't what I came so here anyway, for. And then I remember being in school, being in community college, and feeling trying to connect and trying to befriend people. Um, my brothers and sisters were African American and it seemed like there was just some kind of like I don't want to call it being looked down upon but there was definitely like a not there was there was a lack of acceptance or oh yeah yeah um, or it, and you didn't even have to say anything like you didn't have to do much like no you yeah. could have you could have been the coolest guy ever yeah and it wasn't universal I mean there's there's a couple people who are like dear friends who have known you know now 15 plus years yeah um but on the about for the most part mm-hmm. i just 
didn't really ever build any like long standing relationships. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I didn't really have, I mean, I know, you know, there's so many layers to it, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I remember being told, you know, oh, you're too nice. This is by girls. You know, you're too nice. I'm sitting there going, I'm too nice. Mm. Okay, well, that's interesting. Right. <laughs> Could you be being nice as well? They, they, they want thing. you to talk to him like Dr. Dre. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah, so you're sitting there like, well, okay. Um, you got to call him out their name a couple of times. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so the, there were some things that I just didn't connect, but, you know, I, um, I think, you know, over time it became evident that, you know, we just, we're, we're not... Uh, I think what we have in common was skin color. That was it. Yeah. We had that's all we had in common. Did it blow your color. mind though to come here to see people that look like you that just didn't accept you or just want to befriend you off top? Like did that Yeah, you know, it was uh it was you know, I won't say that I like you know, I went into depression over it, but definitely was disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um but then what but then, you know, is is one thing that um, I have to be clear, or not to be clear, but one thing that is, I think, it, the feeling is the the misunderstanding of each other is mutual. Yeah. So from the from from the from the perspective of uh, most Africans who are coming here, they come out of a lot of the time out of situations that are very difficult. Mm-hmm. Right, so in my own in my own case, I know you know my my dad was born in a village on the floor of a mud hut. Mm. That's where he was born, mm-hmm. and he I'm not gonna make it into like a thing that he pulled his bootstrap, or whatever. But we ended up here, yeah, through a lot of luck and hard work and whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And we always the general vibe the diff, the general I'll just speak for for most people that you know most Africans it's sort of like we look and say ha you know we just we just got here and we're focused on just trying to get ourselves into a better situation mm-hmm. and you know it took me a while because. I didn't even realize till I'd been here, you know, like the slave trade and this thing. Some there's a lot of things that worked that um, that I was not fully exposed to, mm. as far as understanding the context of how of how the culture became where it is. Mm. So I'll give you examples of like just. But they didn't teach you about slavery in Zimbabwe. Uh, we, we learned a little bit about about okay, learning about slavery and just like people taking over on a boat. And then they were sold as slaves. It's not enough, like just pat, you know, glossing over it in a, in you know reading the pages of a history book is really doesn't doesn't um, do justice to the the trauma mm-hmm. and the sort of um, problems that that creates right right like systemically yeah just the, the emotionally yeah the right. generations of this is, is going to create problems oh yeah yeah it's going to create so you know really bad problems mm-hmm. um and so 
you know, for the most part, most people don't really have most people that I most people that I've been encountered and most most of the time people just don't have really have time to stop and think about that. And truth be told, even in America, especially in an area like this where there's not a lot of black people anyway, yeah. you don't have any black teachers. Nobody's really diving deep into that. We don't learn that. Like I didn't learn the depths of it until I got to college. I went to a black school and they teach yeah. a lot about, you know, the oppression and racism, not just racism, but just like slavery and um, yeah, just, I guess I would say systemic racism yeah. uh, and all the things that you have to do and have to know to be able to know what you're up against. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you just grow up in a predominantly white environment and you're African-American, you don't know the, the depths of the trauma. Yeah. You may not hear about something called post-traumatic slave syndrome or yeah. things, things of that yeah, nature. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, the, the, that's, that's a, that's a, there's just a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. So on the surface, you know, so really Africans are very, very conservative. Mm. Like we're very conservative people traditionally. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I liken it to even within the the U.S., within the black culture here, you we have the South as mm-hmm. our roots, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The South is, is, is our roots. And even if you go back to 50 years ago, and before people were sort of migrating out to the coast and whatever, right. most black people were down in the South, and there was a different culture. There's still a different culture there in terms of respect for your elders, totally how you talk to, you know, all Definitely. these kind of things. Right. So I didn't know any of that, but I arrived here and I see, and I what I saw was just dysfunction. Mm. I saw a dysfunctional, a dysfunctional black community. Wow. Um, a community where a lot of things that in our culture are not normal, mm-hmm. but we're just normal. We're normal what, things. What, what would jump out to you that was like something that was normal? Or are you just thinking like, what is going on? Yeah, I think you know, even like a baby mama, like <laughs> baby mamas, <laughs> you know, or an, or a woman with a whole bunch of kids from different dads, and like just walking around appearing to be proud about that, and Ooh, that's just normal. Yeah, yeah. All these things that were just sort of normal when you're looking at it going, whoa, this ain't normal. Right. Now, these are things that are not just, these are things that are just, that are part of <clears throat> the socioeconomic part of it. Yeah. Because you see that, it, you'll see that happening not only in the African-American community. Yeah, for it's sure. It's happening in all, you know, but the socioeconomic part of it, there's, there's so much to it. Yeah. And then it's not to say that. But you <clears throat> know, when there's, when there's a. A, a phrase coined behind like a certain thing that's going on in society, mm-hmm. it almost makes it, it normalize. Like you said, it normalizes it. Yeah. And I and that's that's certain things that get normalized. Um, it's like a phenomenon to me. Yeah. So for you, as baby mama, and a couple episodes back, I was talking about like the side chick, like the term side, the side chick. chick. I saw that. You know, and I'm just like, man, when did this become normalized? Why is this like, normal? why is it so? Yeah. You know, certain things. So. Yeah, that's that's funny that you say that. That kind of jumped out to you, yeah, the, the so baby certain, mama. <laughs> certain things that are normal, certain respect for elders so saying, and ways of being that are just that have that are that are just 
it's not not something that would happen back home. <coughs> no, yeah. and I and I sh- and to be fair, yeah, you know, I'm not every time when happen. I go to Zimbabwe, yeah, I see more stuff where I go, wow, right, you know, I only left Zimbabwe in 1996, mm-hmm. and between now and then, there's things that were just you didn't do that kids are doing now. Yeah. Because it's just the world, things change, the world is changing. So I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to be from like a high horse. No, that's that just bet, what, you, just what you experience. Yeah. So no so, judgment for me. I don't know yeah. about y'all out there. Y'all need to <laughs> stop judging this man. Let him just share. Just want to make that very clear. Yeah, yeah. Let him share that, his, his thoughts, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, there's just things that, and, and by the way, these are things that, there's a lot of things about just showing up here that were just weird. That mm-hmm. all kind of people, I mean, of Americans did. Right. You know, bringing their dog in the house, sleeping with the dog in the bed. <laughs> Kissing the dog in the mouth. <laughs> Kissing your dog in the mouth. Addressing parents by first name. Ooh, well, that's, uh, see, look. Let's, teachers let's, by let's first name. Short. Let's cut that short. Like, that's not in the black community. No, yes. I, yes. <laughs> that don't apply to us. So yeah. this part of this stuff is just American stuff that For was sure. just like, huh? Yeah, you right. know? And then there's other parts of it that were just like, whoa, you know, how yeah. is that normal? Mm-hmm. And then, so right off the bat, I can tell you that, you know, and it's always like when you're, when you're talking to uh, older people of my parents' generation where the disconnect is even way further, where they look... Uh, they look down on African American so culture. What's, so what's the sentiment? What's that sentiment like? As far as if they look down, like what are what are they saying? What are they thinking about us? As far as our lifestyle, our work ethic, or lack thereof, our lack of achievement compared to their achievement when they come to America and do what they do. What are those conversations like? I think it's just overall lack of culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard for me to start pinpointing, but mm-hmm. the lack of the lack of culture, which is an American thing again as well. Yeah. It's an American thing. The lack of culture is the big I think it's probably the is the big thing. And that's and I should and I, I, it would be unfair for me to just single out African American culture. I think that Africans come and look at American culture and just go, you know, right. We, uh, you know, we, we are kind of, we are making it up as we, we go. Yeah, we, you know, we eat our fufu and our certain things that we eat, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right. And this is the way that we do things. And I think, I, I think most people don't even have time to like dissect it down into like African American, non African American. It's just sort of like. American, huh? Right. And then, again, like I'm saying, my generation, mm-hmm. or at least for me having lived here a long time, mm-hmm. and actually getting to understand and getting to know people, getting to really know people and getting to uh, be more exposed, ah, things make sense. Yeah. In a way that I cannot judge. Right. Because... I can look at it and say, wow, you know, you can see how, can see how you, how communities end up in this situation. Mm-hmm. And it's just, 
um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, I look at the leaders who are supposedly the leaders of the African-American nation, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. Al, you know, Al Sharptons and what's oh, the other God. guy, you know, Jesse, Jesse Jackson, Jackson. It's like, yeah. you know, there's the, the, the leadership is not very well, we, strong or oh. really in a position to where they need to be saying the things that need to be said. Like, mm-hmm. you need to stop talking about women like this. You need to stop. You well, need I mean, to well, stop. You, you know You're, what that somebody is. Somebody needs to just, there's no, you know. They, yeah, well, that's, that's so the because. Things are so, no, no, yeah, abnormal things are so normalized, but there's nobody to. And then again, I don't know if somebody stood up and, and pointed those things out if they would be tolerated anyway, but No, still, they would be killed. The system, they will be the killed. System does, so that system wants, yeah, people to stay in that position. Oh yeah, and yeah. the and the system will make it so that you're not going to rise above where we allow you. Right. And if you do rise above where we allow you, we will kill you. I mean, America right. has made that clear. That is very very clear to black people. So um, anytime we have any type of success. You go back to Black Wall, Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the 20s. Right. You got all these black people that are buying. Now it's right now it's like a fad, like it's a new thing. Buy black, you know, support your. Like we we used to do that right. when we had our own communities. Right. And we had our own banks and insurance companies and we had everything, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it wasn't just Oklahoma, it was other pockets of the South that had these little thriving areas, even in Charlottesville, Virginia. Right. Like where they had the the rallies and stuff with like in that area of, of Virginia, there was like areas like that which could, which could be like a Black Wall Street. Right. But what happens is over time, the the USA the KKK can do whatever they want, so they can terrorize anybody at at a moment's notice. So they've been doing that for tens of twenty hundred years. Yeah. And anytime we rise up in America as a people and start doing something good. They will burn the town down. They'll kill people. They'll lynch you. They'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's why all the black people, you know, migrated from because Jim Crow. It was just crazy. Yeah. And then you talk about black leadership. I just think the same thing. I didn't really realize this until I got into my late twenties, early thirties. I was like, man, why black people? Why, why we can't do like them? Right. Why we can't, you know, X, Y, and Z. But then you learn about, of course, you know, MLK and what happened to him. Yeah. But even like the Black Panthers. And how the FBI just went all out against them and called them terrorists. Right. But they're not going after the KKK. Right. Where it's obvious that they're terrorizing black people, but they are the KKK. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. So so that's that's why when you see our coach, like everything is in kind of disarray and our leaders, they're by the balls because they know if you rise up, you will get killed. And you don't even have to be black. You could be JFK. Right. We're going to kill you, too. If and you want equality of, for everybody, nah, we're going to shut that down. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels between what what is happening uh, on some levels in, you know, in the black communities around the country mm-hmm. and things that happen, that are happening and have happened in Africa as well. Yeah. For us, it's still somewhat fresh because we, you know, in my lifetime, mm-hmm. there was a time when, when you walked down the street, like, certain streets you couldn't be on that street right restaurants you couldn't go into types of beer you couldn't drink types of things that you couldn't do based on your skin color 
You talking about in things. America or in Zimbabwe? In Zimbabwe, yeah. okay, yeah. okay, and all over Africa. This is because we got independence in 1980. Mm, this is not fresh. long ago. Yeah, it's very fresh in our minds that right. you know what a colonizer is capable of doing and how that can affect you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, on on many levels, we actually have a lot of uh, we have a lot of parallels in mm-hmm. the things that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. A lot of things in common in and. <clears throat> You're absolutely right because what the system has done is it has not just the system has gone after the building block of a community, which is a family. Mm-hmm. They have gone after that basic thing, which is a man and a woman mm-hmm. get together, have a family, uh, and build that together Mm -hmm. and then from there you have you know more of those build more of those blocks more of those blocks more of those blocks and that stability and then you have your grandpa there you have parents you have grandparents and you have this whole structure of a community yeah and that when you've broken down that that basic block Mm -hmm. how do you how do you how can you sustain anything if you can't just have a normal family yep yeah and, and, they, and it's always and been under been, attack mm-hmm. that is that is how you know this the system has is, is working to ensure that mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it's in their interest also to make sure that's across the board yeah because even like you and i you know i i often feel like i'm just some kind of a unicorn or some kind of just me i'm 38 mm-hmm. three kids married Mm-hmm. I look around. Where do you see that? I look at you. Where do you see people like us doing what we're doing right now? It's, it's not, so rare. Yeah. Which is just, which should be, which should be shocking, <laughs> but it's not, because we're all being taught that like, oh no, you, you don't need a woman. Or and the, the woman woman being told you don't need a man. You don't need each other. Yeah. You just do your thing. And it's and that's in the culture, accepts it like. Independent woman. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that's like you know Beyonce, Destiny's mm-hmm. Child. They and they sing the song, mm-hmm. and now for the past twenty years, every girl want to be an independent woman. Mm-hmm. And this stuff and is- you and you think about what what does that mean if you're an independent woman? Not that oh, I don't have to rely on a man for nothing, but it's not just that. That's breaking up the family. Like you, that, you're saying you don't need a man. Right. Like you don't. We need, don't need a husband. Other. We don't. We don't need each we other. Don't need each other, and you know this is this is being exported all over the world. Yeah. So there's kids, there's people all over the world that are hearing this, and the and the movies are reflecting this, and this is just this is the culture that's being exported, and it's working mm-hmm. because you go every time I go back to Zim, everywhere it just Zimbabwe. It's this this stuff is spreading. This is what is yeah. Everything we're in, a, we're in a global culture. Now people have access to the, the, we have these phones, these devices. Oh, yeah, we're all, we're, we're seeing all what each other are doing. When I go to Zim right now, and yeah, the music. We, I turn the radio on. The exact same music that's playing here <laughs> is playing there. Yeah, the reality shows that are here are there. Wow. I can go to Zim right now, and not skip a beat. I can watch this NBA game right here in Zim right now. It'll yeah. be seven in the morning mm-hmm. when I'm watching it, but right. it's all connected now. Yeah. So there's this like. This whole thing is so layered, mm-hmm. um, and at the end of the day, you know, 
having that awareness and trying to spread that awareness of and trying to like with this podcast. Yeah. This is this is the this is the fight that this is the way that we fight. Mm-hmm. Is trying to um, open people's minds to other ways of thinking about the world, right. and then you know again the last podcast I was talking about spirituality and and how when things are set in this way that every civilization comes with its ideas of the creation of the world and what it means to be here all these things are very important to to the to the they're very important to the big picture mm-hmm um, but they also give meaning and give sense to to um, I'll give you an example um, in the um, some of the comedic or Egyptian cosmogony you have um, family you have the there's a focus in even within forgetting about the details of the story there is part of the story that's um, uh, uh, called the holy drama there is the notion of like the love of the man and the woman have and then that they have kids and that they and that they have a family and that they reproduce and that they and that they have community mm-hmm. this is part of it's built into the cultural story of like how we're here yeah then if you look into like some of the Greek <laughs> cosmogony, you have, which I don't know a lot of detail, detail, but you have Zeus and whatever, and then the guy tries to kill his dad. Mm. I don't know if you've mm. if you fully have it. No. Oh man, like the Greek cosmogony comes from a whole other angle because it has all this. And then if you look at how the world that the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire have built today, mm-hmm. there's, it's not a surprise mm. because their cosmogony was based on just conquering. Conquer and mm-hmm. siblings killing each other and trying to kill their dad and just it's doing just, whatever you got to do to get to the top. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you see how that that worldview starting from just that? Why yeah, that's so yeah. important of having that base, and then everything else kind of uh, comes from there. That's that's funny that you say that because I was just talking to uh, my boy Tim today, and he was just like. Uh, and I told him we we're gonna have this topic, and he was just like, "Man, it's just something about us, man. Like, why, why can't we get it together? Like, why, why are we not like, why are we not together? Why can't we just, you know, come together like white people and and blah blah blah?" blah. And I was just like, "Well, first of all, that's let's not say that we can't come together, right. you know. But <clears throat> one thing about Europe and you know the the way they get down, like you said, the Greek like that makes sense, mm-hmm. like." They do whatever they can. They don't care who you are. They used to fight each other the way that they fight us or the right. way that they try to conquer. They try to conquer each other. Right. So there are people that will do anything they can to conquer somebody and rule over somebody at all costs. And we, by and large, you know, just going back to the comedic, like more of a peaceful, more about harmony, yes. more about being in alignment, you know, not necessarily about conquering somebody now you can use whatever powers for good or for evil but the goal wasn't to conquer every man and bring them under your subjection you know so um 
So yeah, I mean that that, that makes sense. I didn't know anything about the Greek cosmology. Yeah, like go that, look at look yeah. at the cosmogony and, and Zeus and all those stories of the the myths of uh, of how they how the the Greeks sort of perceived how the world yeah. was created and how everything came to be. Yeah. It's just like woof, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I, and here's one thing that's very difficult because actually when um, Angela's dad was here. Uh, we were watching something on History Channel about Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And he was this great military leader in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, he was uh, fighting against Rome. Fight, I was like, he's fighting from Africa. Yeah, he was fighting against Rome. <laughs> yeah. But he was black, African. But what they showed was how the Roman Empire, as they spread th- through Europe, expanded through Europe, through Germany, through France, through just all just pillaging yeah. uh, Europe I'm watching and you're watching the Romans go into this village of these savages quote unquote so quote unquote mm-hmm. white people who are in their villages living very civilized mm-hmm. meaning not eating each other or doing anything crazy mm-hmm. but they honor their ancestors just like it's done all over in Aboriginal culture, Native mm. culture, African culture. Mm. The same stuff, and you hear, and then you said there was video of these guys, and so there's this reenactment, right? This documentary yeah. type thing, and you see these guys fighting against the Romans and fighting against the Romans coming and trying to tax them and take their land and convert them into away from their ancestral ways. Yeah, and it was really profound. Was it? It's when I actually realized. It really crystallized what you were just saying about how, you know, the, the that empire expanded, but we're all victims here of of this system of expansion, this system that was uh, built on blood and expansion. Yeah. To a point that most of European culture, most of Europe was already pre uh uh, Roman and you know Greek and all these invasions, mm-hmm. they were culturally just like everybody. Else. We were just we were. It was the same culture. We had the same culture for good reason, because we all know where we where everyone came from. We had yeah, we had, <laughs> so true yeah. yeah, and and we had a similar and that all came to be removed and replaced with something else. Yeah, so you know. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, and it, I'm totally going on a, on a, I feel like I'm going on a sidebar here. You got it. But are you familiar with Tim Wise? I've heard of him. Yeah. Because he, he's, he's this, uh, I heard he's pretty woke. White guy mm-hmm. from the South somewhere. And his whole thing is trying to wake white people up to the fact that like, y'all think that you're better off. You would think that you're better off by yourself. What? You think that you're better off because you're white. Oh, just the white privilege mm-hmm. is who you. Yeah, yeah, but if you actually look at what you've gotten out of this deal of being white, you got nothing. Mm. So how you got how nothing of substance? Yeah. So he was saying he goes back into um, the whole notion of of white. Yeah. The whole idea of saying, like, we're white people. Mm-hmm. Because that's a very new thing. 
It's, a, it's actually a, a very construct. new construct that oh, yeah. just came out couple in the eighteen hundred yeah. Yeah, couple hundred eighteen hundreds. Yeah, no, it's not. There was no such thing. You were Italian. Right. You were German. Right. You were that. Race is a social construct. No doubt about it. You were you were where you were from. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just kind of lumped into two pools. There was the first pool was those who had all the resources and the guns. Mm-hmm. And then you had everybody else who was of all races who mm-hmm. were here in the United States. They were indentured servants. Yep. Irish, whatever, all there was some free rich, blacks. It was rich in the poor. It was rich in the poor. Because the, 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 the poor whites worked with the slave, the indigenous servants, they worked with slaves side by side. Absolutely. Yeah. And then at some point, there was some kind of a revolt or some kind of thing brewing because everyone was sitting there going, wait a minute, there's like a hundred of us in this one guy sitting over in the big house over there. Yeah. Let's go get him. I think it was and we're like talking about Native American. Everybody was together this going up there to say no. Mm-hmm. You there can't. was a couple of rebellions. There was one in, yeah. in Virginia. I think Bacon's Rebellion was one of them in yeah. Virginia where that's where they started. Like, all right, we're going to have to we got to do something because yeah. we can't have all these people going up against us because yeah. we're outnumbered. Too many poor people. And so then what did they do? The man do. Mm-hmm. The man comes up with the concept of white. He says, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> at least you're not black boom and then they created this whole thing of like well this is where like they say like the sort of like modern policing came from the slave patrols yeah. and came from giving certain white people the impression of power yeah the, because they were now able to um, they were given a license to do whatever to create so yeah mm-hmm. some kind of power over others yeah but if you actually look from then until now at what they got out of the deal they didn't get really any land any riches but they did get they, the right to own land yeah, yes they, they, they did. got the right to own land they got the right to vote I think so what they I'm were saying given, is by and large they're still poor as far as the, the size of what is what his, the wealth that was created oh yeah they were being used and oh, they're still being used for sure yeah but uh but uh a poor white man will always feel like he's better than a rich yes. black man. And he'll just feel, yeah, and it's, it's a feeling. It is. Again, it's, it's just all a feeling because you know because they're strength in numbers. All, so they got numbers and. But look at the cancer rates. Look at the people dying of all weird stuff. I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. Nobody's winning here. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, oh no, we're, 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 it's all an illusion. Man. Yeah, well, nobody's nobody's winning this this. Uh, Race is feeling like they're winning. Over there, they're not. Yeah. There's only one person. There's only one group that's winning, and it's yeah. the ones that have all the yeah the control. elite yeah, yeah. that one percent, and everybody else is just and that's the bottom. That's the the bottom line of that. That's mm-hmm. like the life well, is the bottom line, and so in all of this, you know, at least it's also easier for me to come because I'm coming from outside mm-hmm. to be able to like step back from it and go okay, you know, because. I, it's not that easy for me to do it like the British because the British came and I know there's the British guys that came and <laughs> yeah. kicked my people off my land so I don't have I maybe I don't have that uh, objectiveness there mm-hmm. but I can kind of look at it from, from from an angle and go oh man you know and you can just see you know there's just the dysfunction going on in society across the board yeah that is 
in the way we treat the planet and all this is just it's like we're insane mm-hmm. like the human like like we act like crazy people because mm. we're we're not in alignment not at all yeah so anyway this ah this there's an onion here there's so many levels and levels so and levels. levels and levels and levels and levels that you can keep going into but at the end of the day if we're able to zoom out and figure out what we can learn from each other mm-hmm. you know um i feel like there's a lot there's a lot that um um the culture that african culture has to offer to the african-american community there's a lot of stuff there that that um, can be applied and used to strengthen the community yeah well so let's let's transition kind of back in, in that direction what's up y'all i'm doing something that i don't normally do which is breaking up one conversation in multiple episodes but I'm doing that because, you know, I realize that these longer conversations, um, it's easy to get tuned out. You know, it's, it just goes on for so long and then you just kind of lose interest or you're doing something else in life. And I get it. So this is something where I really just wanted to break it up because it's a very rich conversation. And I don't want y'all to miss out on what's about to come up in the conversation. So uh, I broke it up So go ahead and tap into part two and tune in to the rest of this diaspora disconnect with shingy and myself so appreciate y'all for listening once again it's the socks and sandals podcast where society culture history and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our world so i gotta speak i ain't kind of preach but i brace i'ma speak my peace trying to walk in peace i've been given freedom a taste i'm just being free nike socks birkenstocks oh what a faux pas unmasked unabashed unashamed hear the voice set of unacclaimed yeah hear the voice set of unacclaimed maybe that's a taboo maybe it's a fab but